you for listening in on Tent of Testimonies podcast. This is the official podcast of the Tent of Testimonies International under the leadership of Prophet Dr. Fred Akama and Senior Pastor Maureen Akama. As you listen to this and other amazing sound biblical teachings, our aim is to equip you with the Word of God so that you can grow into an effective believer. In today's podcast, we do believe that you will be imparted with the knowledge of God, spiritual truths, and kingdom principles that will positively affect your spiritual life. Be blessed as you listen, and may you come back with a great testimony. Today I want to teach, I've not taught this really here before, I want to teach on the uh, discerning Christ in the feasts of the Lord. Discerning Christ in the feasts of the Lord. In the Bible, the Lord has designated some days to be observed as feasts. The Lord has designated certain days to be observed as feasts. When I feel the heavens are open, somebody's getting delivered today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How many were blessed at the overnight on Friday? This place was packed out. We sang, we danced, uh, we even made a video. Solomon Kuba says there's a song he's putting in a video. Is that okay? And that video will be the one that's made here. What song was uh, here? Uh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Eh? Something, something. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yo. What will you call another side of Joe? I was looking at some of my daughters. I said, hey, another anointing came upon people. They remembered the things of old. When the Bible says, remember not the things of old. <laughs> they remember, eh? The way they were twisting those things. I'm thinking, yeah. Who are you? In a car before Christ. There was a before Christ and after Christ. How it started and how it is going. Glory to Jesus. But we enjoyed ourselves. Is that true? We really had a lot of fun. We prayed ourselves. We prayed our hearts out. We danced our hearts out. It's a whole night. But we talk about you are fresh. Glory to Jesus. Oh, Isaiah 43, 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. It's actually the Bible. I'm not saying my own things. The Bible says, these things are written that you may know that Jesus is the Son of God and in knowing you may believe. These things are written, why? 
that you may know that Jesus is the Son of God, and in knowing you may believe. So all the feasts in the Bible, they are pointing to Jesus. They are pointing to, to Jesus. So they are written that we may know. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is uh, the Christ, the Son of God. And in believing, eh, and in believing you may have life in his name. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Son of God. And in that believing you may have life. In his name. So whatever is written in the Bible, it's written for one purpose. That you may come to believe that Jesus is the anointed one. The son of God. And in believing, you may have the same life in his name. The first man was made flesh and there's is not but the natural and afterward the spiritual so the natural comes first and then the spiritual this is this is important especially in areas like that's why we do some things here in, in the natural but we know there's a, a spiritual comes first and then after that the spiritual things like giving or sowing seed or something is that okay I've just done talking says we give tithes to so when you give here there's a, a reciprocal thing in heaven where Jesus receives what you have just done here in the natural. So the natural comes first, but it triggers an activity in the spirit. Does that make sense? Yes. It says first is the natural and then the spiritual. So God has created the human beings in such a way that you can do something in the natural that has a spiritual effect. says clearly when you give tithe here in the natural you give it to a priest but in heaven it is Jesus who receives that tithe Hebrews 7 8 says here mortal men receive tithes but there in heaven he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives so when you give here you're giving to a mortal man somebody you can see but there's a translated version the way Jesus Receives the same thing you're doing here has a spiritual 
correspondence where Jesus received them, which are the witnesses that he, is, uh, he received his life. He is alive. See, I understand. So the same way, here, but there's a spiritual translation that points to Christ. I'm teaching this because we are in a period of one of those feasts. It's called Ros Hashanah. Actually, Rosh Hashanah is like the, mm, the fifth feast. It's not even the first one. So I want to go through all the, the, the feasts are about seven. How many are there? Seven feasts. You know some of them, but you don't realize it's a feast in the Bible. So we're going to quickly look at the seven of them and how they depict Christ. And this is actually proof that Jesus is the son of God. Because these feasts were placed way before Jesus came. Yet Jesus fulfills all of them. If you check the probability of one person's life fulfilling even just the seven feasts, it's zero. It has only to be by the hand of God. Is that okay? So Jesus fulfilled all the seven feasts to prove that his life was Christ's life. The first of those feasts, in fact, the feasts are found in the book of um, Leviticus, chapter 23. Let's read the whole of it. Then after that, we shall come to the explanation. Put up Leviticus. chapter. Are you here? Yes. Leviticus. Chapter 23. Let's start from verse 1. 1, 2, 3. Let's read it together. Okay, this is not um, really part of the feasts, but the, the, the author wanted to separate the Sabbath day that happened every week from the Sabbath day that was feast. Every feast day was a Sabbath day. Is that okay? Every feast day was a Sabbath day, whether it was in the middle of the week or at the end of the week. But every end of the week was also a Sabbath day. Let's continue. Verse 3, verse 4. Okay, the word convocation should not confuse you. Convocation simply means a gathering. It's not a religious word. Don't go abusing you, convocation. It simply means a gathering, a holy gathering. A holy gathering, yes. So the first feast is which one? When does it happen? 
on the 14th day of the first month. This is the first of the Jewish month, not January. Is that okay? On the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. Next verse. Okay, let's start. Let's stop there. There are seven feasts, but they are divided into three sections. The first three feasts talk about the coming of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus. Is that okay? The middle feast talks about where we are now. The last three feasts talk about the second coming of Jesus. Am I okay? So the first three feasts are Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of Fast Fruits. The Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of Fast Fruits. The Passover happens on the 14th day of the first month of the Jewish calendar. It's called the month of Abib. And in our Gregorian calendar that you use, it, it, it happens in either March or April, depending on the lunar cycle. Is that okay? It's found in March or April. You know Passover? Pasaka. Pasaka. When do you do Pasaka? Eh? Easter. Which month? <laughs> March or April. This is the first month. And normally done on the 14th day. Because that is the day the, Jew, the Jews came out. Passover marks the day that God delivered the Jews from the hand of the Egyptians. It is from the book of Exodus chapter 12. Can we, when you start reading it, it says you shall mark the Passover. On that day, you shall take blood and you shall put it on your, the, the lintel of your, of your house, the door, the top and the either side. And when the angel, the destroyer angel is coming, when he sees the blood, he will pass over you. That's where the word Passover comes from. In Hebrew, it's called Pesach. In Kiswahili, translate that to Pasaka. Is that okay? So on that day, it marks when God delivered the Jews from the hands of the Egyptians by killing the firstborn of the Egyptians. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. So during the Passover, a Passover lamb was killed. What happened? A Passover lamb was killed. The blood was put on the door and the meat was roasted and eaten by the family. And they ate it, the meat with unleavened 
bread. They ate the meat with what? Unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is bread? Bread without yeast. Is bread without yeast. So on the 14th day, people were supposed to remove all the living, all the yeast outside the house and break bread and make bread that they will eat that is without yeast and get ready to be delivered. Am I making sense? I'm giving you a story because I don't have a teaching board here. I'm trying to be as graphic as possible so you can picture it. So on the 14th was Passover. Now, according to the Bible, when does the day begin? The day be we have learned this. We, did, we learned it during the, when I was teaching about uh, watches. Eh? When does the day begin? In the evening. Is that okay? The Bible says in the book of Genesis, and it was evening and it was morning. The first day. A normal human being would think the day begins in the morning. Because that's when you wake up. But according to the Bible, the day begins in the evening. That's why the lamb was slaughtered at twilight. The lamb of the Passover lamb was supposed to be slaughtered at twilight. Genesis chapter 1 verse 13. So the evening and the morning were the third day. The, lamb of, the Passover lamb was supposed to be slaughtered. At twilight. Twilight means evening, so that they, as the other day was starting. The following day was the feast of the unleavened bread. Leaven in the Bible, yeast or leaven in the Bible stands for two things. One is sin. Say sin. Two is false doctrine. One is sin and two is false doctrine. We'll see both of them in this feast. Is that okay? So the one where they're supposed to remove from the house is sin. Because the Passover lamb is the same lamb that takes away the sin of the world. So in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 5. So Leviticus 23, 6 says, On the 15th day of the same month is a feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. So 1 Corinthians, I think, chapter 5, it says, Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been crucified. So Jesus fulfilled what the Passover lamb was supposed to do. Am I talking? The Bible says clearly, the Passover lamp was pointing to what Jesus, the Son of God, would do. And even Jesus was crucified at Passover. Do you know that? On the day of Passover, that's when Jesus was crucified. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, Therefore, purge out the old what? Leaven, that you may be a new lamp, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Go to verse 8. Let's see what leaven is. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of what? 
sincerity and truth. So we know the living was sin, malice and wickedness. But unleavened bread in our context after Christ is sincerity and truth. So understand. The book of Matthew, Matthew, I think chapter 26. It shows that Jesus, Matthew chapter 26 verse 2. It says, you know, after two days is the Passover. Let's start from verse 1, Matthew 26, verse 1. Now, it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is what? Passover. And the Son of Man will be done what? To be done what? To be crucified. When was Jesus crucified? At Passover. Why? It's the Passover lamb. So Jesus had to be crucified as, at Passover so that we are delivered from death. Because it's only the Passover lamb that can be delivered from death. Am I talking? That alone, that, the probability that Jesus is crucified on the exact date that God had said four years, 4,000 years previously, is zero. It can only be God. See, I understand. Now, after it came to pass, when he had finished all these things that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days in the Passover, the, and the, it's the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. But before he was crucified, if you go down, I think, to verse um, 20 or something, the Bible says he sat down, he took bread, he broke it, and living bread. They say, Matthew, go down a bit. When evening had come, Matthew 26, 20, he sat down with the 12. Next verse. Now, as they were eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were, can you go to where he took bread and he gave them Holy Communion? Why? He said, this is my blood that is shed for the forgiveness of sins. So the day before the Passover, they had to remove the living out. The day before the Passover? So before Jesus went and was crucified, he sat down and gave them communion. He said, this blood is being shed for you. I'm removing now the sin. The sin of the world was not put on Jesus at the cross. It was done at the Garden of Gethsemane. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, I'd give it to the disciples and say, take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and, say, and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the what? Remission of sin. So Jesus knew I'm the Passover lamb. I'm going to be crucified tomorrow. Eh, that was difficult. Imagine you know tomorrow you are dying. And your death is not going to be simple death. You are unconscious and you die. No. They're going to nail you and crucify you. And Man, that is not easy. So before that, he sat down and had this covenant made and said, I am going to remove your sin. Because the Bible says in the book of Exodus, the day before the Passover, you must remove all the living from the house. 
must remove the sin must be taken out of the house. So Jesus had to take the sin away by using his blood because it's the Passover lamb. Say understand. Say understand. Say Jesus is my Passover lamb. Say Jesus is my Passover lamb. Say Jesus Christ is my Passover lamb. Say Jesus Christ is my Passover lamb. He has taken away my sin. This fulfilled the prophecy of John. I think in the book of John chapter 1 verse 29. When he saw Jesus, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. What does he do? He takes away the sin of the world. But this is the revelation that got me the gift of healing. Eh? I understood. Jesus has taken away the sin. It's past tense. The sin has been taken away. And sickness came as a result of sin. The Bible says, by one man's sin, death came upon the earth, came upon man. Death is a, sickness is a subset of death. Is that okay? All sickness is a subset? Wait. Every sickness is, de- is, uh, is small death. Eh? That pimple on your face, its mission is to kill you. Its mission is to do what? The pimple is not joking. You are the one who, th- who looks at it as it's small. But in the pimple's eyes, it is doing its best to, to, to fulfill its mission, to kill you. And there are some people who die of pimples. Ah, you don't know. Oh, to come a pimple. Alafu, it can spread, it can spread, wakakata mgu. It can spread, wakakufa. The pimple killed them. It's true. So if Jesus has taken away the sin of the world, it means sickness has no leg to stand on, legally speaking. It has no leg? That's why I don't pray for the sick. I just ask you, are you born again? Yeah, be healed. Why? That your sin has been taken away. Sickness cannot stain you. If it is doing it, it is pretending. It's illegal. It doesn't have any legs to stand on. For real, try it one day. When it knows you have discovered it, it disappears. I don't say, oh God, have you seen the way some religious people pray for the sick? The person is sick. They are calling on God. Oh, God. Then they start to, to, to give God big names to turn and bribe him to heal this person. Eh? Oh, God. You who sees from heaven with one big eye. I'm, I'm trying to translate mother tongue prayer. <laughs> Into what? You who sees from heaven, your eye is big. Oh, God, you step on the earth with your fat legs. You... All these things are bribery to God to try and cajole him to do what he has already done. He has already healed this person. He did it when Jesus removed the sin. There are certain characteristics of the spirit world that you need to know. Is that okay? One of them is that the spirit world is a legal world. It works on basis of laws. It is what? A legal world. So either something is there legally or illegally. If it is there illegally, if you have grace, you can remove it. 
But if it is there legally, you must first of all remove the legality. I was casting out a demon here at the overnight. I just said some people here are married spirit and they started reacting because they had spirit husbands. If I don't dissolve the marriage, because this spirit has married this person legally. It's, a, it's a, a legally recognized institution in heaven. If I don't dissolve this marriage as a representative of God, the judge, I cannot cast out that demon. Because it is there by right. It is there by right. It is there legally. So you must remove the legal ground that allows it to be there. Once you do that, you don't have to... It, 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 the demon itself will tell you, I am now going. Why? It knows it does not have uh, what we call in you know, locus standi. It's called what? Or I'm speaking hot air and piki piki ponki. Mielo, mielo, something. Where was I? Eh? How did I get to all this? That was a digression of what I was teaching. Eh, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But Roman says, by one man's sin, death came unto the world. And also, by one man's righteousness, people will get grace and will reign on the earth by one Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus is my Passover lamb. So the feast of Passover was on the 14th. At the end, on the evening of the 14th, the feast of the unleavened bread started. So Passover and unleavened bread go together. Because Jesus died and then sin was removed. Is that okay? That's why we have the Holy Communion. Apostle Paul, he said, because you don't discern the body and you don't discern the, the, the blood, some of you are weak, some are sick, and some have even fallen asleep. They have died. It means when you are taking the Holy Communion, you think you're, 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 it's, it's fun. You don't know the legal things of what you're doing, how, how it translates in the spirit. You don't have discernment that I'm taking this body. But when I'm taking this body, I'm actually having a covenant. I'm reenacting what Jesus did for me. This is unleavened bread. My sin is being taken away. My sickness is being taken away. I am having a blood transfusion. This blood I am taking is the same as I went to the hospital and somebody put a needle here and they put the blood of Jesus inside. Am I talking? This body I'm taking is like somebody took out my body, took the body of Jesus, put on me. If you understand this, HIV will die instanter. Cancer will die instanter. Because, I'm digressing again. Cancer, Jesus cannot be cancerized. Do you think Jesus can, is walking in heaven with some cancer on his butt? You are now him. Communion makes you him. Is that okay? What he is, you become. Man. 
Apostle Paul said, you don't know this. That's why you are weak. That's why you are sick. And some of you have even died. In other words, if you understood this, weakness is gone. Sickness is gone. Death will look at you and take a corner. Because you'll be full of life. Because Jesus Christ is your Passover. What that Passover lamb did for Egypt, for Israelites in Egypt, Jesus Christ now does for you as your Passover. It means when the angel of the destroyer comes to you, it will find the blood of Jesus and it will pass over. <laughs> Say, Jesus is my Passover. The destroyer angel cannot enter my house. So everybody who was within that house was spared because of that blood. It's a hedge of protection around you. So I understand. Every time you take the body, it's unleavened bread. That thing encapsulates your sin and takes it out of your system. How big a prayer would you make to God if sin was not a problem? Don't you trust yourself that question? If somebody could assure you sin is not an issue, you, 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 have no, you have no beef with God. God has no beef with you. You have no beef with God. Anything you ask him, he will answer. What prayer would you pray? You see, we make our prayer small because we think this is what we, are, what we deserve according to our behavior and our sin and, and our commitment to God. So we are not so committed. So God can only give me this much. So I've estimated myself. I can only ask for 5,000. But the one who knows they are standing in the righteousness of Christ, they will go before God and demand for the whole heaven. Because they say, it is mine. I deserve it. Give it to me. Because Jesus died to make sure it is mine. We must have a positive attitude, almost arrogant attitude in the things of God. This glorifies Jesus because you are leaning hard on the Passover sacrifice that he did for you. Say here. Say understand. You don't go to God with a begging mentality to try and make God feel sorry for you. The people make themselves pitiful. They think their prayers are answered when the, the more pitiful they are, the more makamasi comes out of their nose. Now God will look and feel sorry. And on the basis of pity, he will answer the prayer. This is not true. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Not without pity. Say Passover. Passover. Unleavened bread. The next one, because of time, is fast fruits. First fruits. If you go to Leviticus chapter 23, I think around verse 9. First fruits. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. Can you give me an IV? Speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I'm going to give you and you reap your service, bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. 
is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. Can, can I have uh, KJV? Verse 11. <laughs> and he shall wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. So, the feast of the first fruit is not attached to any particular day. Only that when you bring it, it is waved when? Okay. Good morning, everybody. Is this teaching very complicated? Can you understand that? Wave at me like this. Wake up your neighbor if they're asleep. I know it is a bit warm. It is now manifesting. When you wake up, yes, yes, I receive, I receive. You don't know what you are receiving. You are asleep. So the first fruit was to be taken to the priest. And the priest was to wave it before the Lord. And the only time the priest was allowed to wave it before the Lord was after a Sabbath. Was after what? A Sabbath. And he said, this waving of the first fruit was to be for your acceptance. It was to show that you are now accepted before the Lord. Say, understand. Say, understand. The first fruit was to be waved by the priest after Sabbath, on the next day after Sabbath. And it was to show now that you are accepted before the Lord. Say so here. The Bible says, I think in the book of Matthew chapter 27, it says, after the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and so-so, they went to the tomb to ask who will run away the stone so that they can anoint Jesus' body. Then they found he had resurrected. Jesus Christ resurrected on the day after the Sabbath. Why? He was the first fruit that was being waved before the Lord. Now, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and other Mary to see the sepulchre. Why? They were looking for Jesus. But Jesus had already resurrected. He resurrected on the day after the Sabbath when the first fruit was supposed to be waved before the Lord. If you go to the book of 1 Corinthians, I think chapter 15 or something, it says, this is the gospel that I say to you, that Jesus died, he was buried, he resurrected according to scripture. So Jesus died according to scripture. Which scripture? The Passover. He was buried. He resurrected according to his scripture, the first fruit. <clears throat> first Corinthians 51 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. The, good, the gospel is this one. Which I preach unto you, which also you have received, wherein ye stand. Verse 2. Which also ye are saved, if you keep in the memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. Next verse. For I delivered unto you the first all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Which scriptures? The Passover scripture. Is that okay? Next. And that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according 
to the scriptures. Which scriptures? The first fruit scriptures. So that he will be a, fa a, first, a first fruit waving of the Lord. And the Bible says, this waving of the Lord was to be for what? For your acceptance. That's why in the book of Romans chapter 4, it says, you are now accepted. You have now become the righteousness of God. You are accepted in the beloved. Because in Christ, you are waving the first fruits to the Lord. And the waving of the first fruits by a priest, because you have now been made unto God as a, a king and a priest. Now you can wave the first fruits unto God. And this is for your acceptance. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on that. Because of our sins. But he was resurrected as a first fruit so that we can be accepted. We can be declared not guilty. We can be justified. Hey, verse 25, yes. If you read verse 25, who was delivered, the last sentence, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So when Jesus was raised, he was raised as a first fruit that now as kings and priests we can now wave to the Lord to prove that we have been accepted according to the book of Leviticus chapter 23 verse 9. Say understand. Say I hear. The book of First Corinthians, I think this is chapter 15 also. It says, Jesus has been raised up as a kind of first fruits. It says, first the Christ and then those who are raised up after him. So the Bible explicitly states that Jesus is our first fruit that we wave to the Lord. Say, I believe in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now and forever. He is alive because of my justification. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of them that slept. So Jesus is our Passover. Jesus is our unleavened bread. And Jesus is our first fruit. So I understand. The next feast, so that we catch, on, catch up on time, is the feast of the first grains. The feast of grains. The feast of grains which we also know as the Feast of Pentecost. Are you learning something? You are very quiet. Is this too deep? When you're quiet like this, it bothers me. Because I think um, people are not... Like the day I talked about... What, did it, what was that thing I talked about? Immortality. Nobody understood at all. After I taught, somebody sent me a text. Okay, are you saying now that you should not die? <laughs> I realized, Aish, hakuna muta ilialewa, nilikuwa na jiongalesha for two hours. Nikaachana na ayo. You know, 
Even Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. You can't bear them now. You just like to get a job or get promoted or something. Receive tomorrow. Uh -huh. The Feast of Pentecost comes after 50 days after Passover. Is that okay? That should be around June, June, July. Oh, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. There are many things I can teach you. But some people would misconstrue. They would do things. They, they would, I love a lot of trouble in my hands. Because I have young people. They would start to go say, I am God. It's not true. So, precept upon precept. When does Pentecost come? 50 days after Passover. 50 days after Passover. And Pentecost creates a nation. Um, a nation of kings and priests. A nation of what? Kings and priests. God sent Moses to Egypt and said, go and bring my people. And when you bring them, you shall come to this mountain and worship me here. And then they came to Mount Sinai. And then God told them from today, you have, come, you have become to me a nation of kings and priests. That day, when the Bible says, uh, three months after departing Egypt, on the very day, they came to the mountain and met God there. That day that God told them, you are a, a, a kingdom of kings and priests unto me, a holy nation unto me. That was Pentecost. Pentecost also came after Jesus went to heaven. He, he walked around, the Bible says in the book of Acts, he walked around and showed himself to people for 40 days. Is that okay? For how many days? 40 days. Then he told his disciples, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued. Yeah. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. If you go down, you'll find God telling them, from this day, you are unto me a holy nation. I'm rushing because of time. Jesus told his disciples, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. God will fill you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We have like this. I'm finishing. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm not feeling you now. I'm not feeling you Then the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The word Pentecost is not a religious word. It just means 50. Pentecost means what? 50. It's not some special word from heaven. Pentecost means 50. So when 50 days had fully come, Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost corresponds to the feast of the first grains, where you are supposed to take the first grains of the field and take it to the Lord, the first harvest. Is that okay? This is different from first fruit. This came 50 days after the, after the day of Pentecost. So Pentecost uh, after the day of uh, Passover. So Pentecost is when God got his first fruit, first harvest from the work of Jesus. When the church was made. Is that okay? So Jesus had come, had plowed the field, had planted seed of the word, had watered it and everything. Now, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus presented the first grains. And there were 3,000 people who were saved on that day. Say, understand. So the Holy Spirit came to harvest the, the field that Jesus had planted. There's a time, I think soon, I will do a teaching on the Christ in the tabernacle of Moses, eh? The tabernacle of Moses was about Christ. You know that? Everything from the badger skin to the holy, to the holy of holies, to the golden candlesticks, all that is about Christ. And I can prove to you from the Bible. The whole tabernacle was representing Jesus. So if you're, anyway, if you don't believe in Jesus, you when him jinga inagani, you. See, I don't know where your, your stupidity is Olympic level. You need God. Now, from the feast of the... So the feast of Pentecost, the feast of Passover, unleavened bread and fast fruits. They talk about what Jesus did when he came. The feast of grains, the first grains, talks about what the Holy Spirit is doing now, bringing the church to God. The, the next three feasts talk about what Jesus will do when he's coming back, and that is happening soon. Is that okay? Say, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. The next feast is, feast is what we call the Feast of Trumpet, and it was found in October and uh, September, October. September, October. The Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets. So the Feast of Blowing. What we know as Rosh Hashanah. What is happening now? It's called the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets always bring. First of all, the trumpets were blown as a warning. Can you read uh, Exodus chapter 23? Let's start from verse 10 now, from verse 11. Not Exodus, Leviticus, from verse 11. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Next verse. 
And he shall offer that day when he weave the sheaf and he lamp without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering of the Lord. So the Bible says the, the, the weaving is supposed to be accompanied by an offering of a he lamp, which is a sacrifice to the Lord, which Jesus did. He offered himself. Is that okay? Next verse. Its grain offering shall be two tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma. And its drink offering shall be of wine, one fourth of a hin. I don't know what a hin looks like. I'll go check it from Israel. Let's go to the next feast. Check out the verse, I think. We are at verse 14. I want to go to the feast of uh, trumpets. Can you go to the feast of trumpets? The feast of trumpets was to signify a warning. The Bible says it is for a reminder. It is for what? Good afternoon. We have 15 minutes to one. So I have 15 minutes. Eh? So it is for a reminder. I am reminding you. So the feast in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Next verse. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. So between the feast of the blowing of trumpets and the day of atonement, is 10 days. They are called 10 days of awe. Say 10 days of awe. The feast of uh, trumpets, the feast of blowing, is called Yom, Yom Teruah. Say Yom Teruah. It's called Yom Teruah or Yom Tekiah, where we get the name of our daughter Tekiah, yeah? Yom Teruah or Yom Tekiah. And it celebrates what we call Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, according to the Hebrew tradition, they celebrated when God created the world. The tradition say God created the world during this period. On this date, that's when God created the world. So they're celebrating the creation of the world. And when God comes back to possess his world. So the feast of Yom Teruah, always brings the presence of God. When the trumpet is blown, the Lord comes. In the book of Hebrews, in the book of Revelation, the Bible says, and the Lord shall come with a shout of an archangel, with the blowing of trumpets. At the final trumpet, that's when the Lord shall come. That shall be Yom Teruah. Is that okay? So God, Jesus, is waiting for a, one time. There'll be a blowing of this trumpet, and it shall be the final blowing, and Jesus shall come. Say, so understand. The blowing of trumpet always precedes the judgment of God. So between the blowing of trumpet and the judgment of God, there are 10 days of preparation called the days of awe, when everybody gets back to God before the day of judgment called Yom Kippur, which is 10 days, the, the feast of atonement. In the book of um, Exodus chapter 19, 
The Bible says, when God came down on Mount Sinai, the mountain was blowing of smoke and the mountain was shaking. And then the trumpet started blowing. And as the trumpet got louder, the mountain shook them all. The children of Israel took off. And the Bible says, and God called Moses. So Moses, come up. Am I talking? We are going to blow the trumpet today. And within the next 10 days, Exodus 19.20, then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. Can you start from verse 18? Oh, 18. Now, the Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by a voice. We are going to sound a trumpet here. PFA shall speak and the Lord shall answer us in the name of Jesus. Because we are in that period, we are in Rosh Hashanah, where we are supposed to blow trumpets. These things are written for our learning. During these feasts, you find there's a certain open heaven for certain things to happen. God created these feasts as indication to show people times when portals are open. Rosh Hashanah is created for God to show you the time when you blow trumpet and it comes down. And within 10 days, there is judgment. But the judgment is always given in the favor of the saints, according to the book of Daniel. I want you to expect great favor within the next 10 days. I want you to expect great judgments upon enemies within the next 10 days. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Actually, it's now less than 10 days because now we have finished a week. Eh? When was Rosh Hashanah? It was on Monday. Is it on Monday? 26th was when? It, it started 25th or 26th. 26 was when? So to memorize the Sikusaba favor. Now we remain with how many days? We remain with only about three. The portal is open for another three days before Yom Kippur. Take advantage of it. Come for prayer tomorrow. Let us seek favor. Come for Advent on Wednesday. I think that is the last day. Come and partake of the open portal. Because the Bible says these things are written for our learning. We are supposed to understand that there's an open portal around this period of time when the favor of the Lord is flowing. We are supposed to have blown this trumpet last week on Monday. But we are not here. So we shall blow it today. As the trumpet is becoming louder and louder, the mountain of the Lord, which is the church, shall begin to be on fire. And it shall begin to quake. And the Moses shall speak. And the Lord shall answer. In the name of Jesus. After Rosh Hashanah, we have Yom Kippur. You have what? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. The Bible says the high priest 
went once into the Holy of Holies with blood and poured it upon the mercy seat and the sins of the people were forgiven them for one year. Jesus did this. The Bible says he entered into the holy place once and for all with his own blood, not blood of bulls and goats. And he poured that blood upon the mercy seat. That's why our sins are forgiven. Am I talking? Say, Jesus Christ entered the holy place as my high priest. He poured his own blood upon the mercy seat. You see, the mercy seat was the top of the Ark of the Covenant. Is that okay? On top of the Ark of the Covenant was a place called the Mercy Seat. Underneath was the Ten Commandments. Underneath the Mercy Seat was what? The Ten Commandments. So the blood was poured to cover the Ten Commandments because we had broken them. So that we are forgiven. Our sins are not only forgiven, they are removed from us. They are done what? Removed from us. But in the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. Next verse. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Concerning only with foods and drinks, various washings, fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained for us what? Eternal redemption. You are redeemed. I said, you are redeemed in the name of Jesus. Let this be the assurance of your redemption and salvation. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord. If you are redeemed of the Lord, what must you do? Yes, you must stand up boldly and say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. I'm redeemed. No judgment can fall on me. No curse can follow me. No witchcraft can affect me. I am the redeemed of the Lord. He has entered the holy place once and for all with his holy blood. And he has obtained eternal redemption for me. That redemption, nobody can take it away from you. Because nobody gave it to you except the eternal God. So nobody can take it away from you. Don't be scared of backsliding. Jesus said, those whom the Father has given me, no one can take them from my hand. You are not the one keeping yourself in salvation. It is the Lord Jesus who is keeping you. Nobody can take you away from his hand. The redemption he obtained for you is eternal. It is now and forever. Nobody can reverse it. Nobody can undo it. Nobody can sabotage it. You're going to heaven. You are redeemed here. You are victorious here. You are reigning here. And in the eternity, you are going to reign with God forever. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. So don't let your heart be fearful. I know why I'm saying this. Because the world is about to go through some heavy stuff. And if you don't know your redemption, your heart will begin to tremble in fear. 
Imagine if America attacked Russia with a nuclear right now. What would happen? Or if you had Russia has now attacked Britain. Nuclear bombs are flying everywhere. Boom. They, they bombed London with nuclear. I canceled that one. I have people in London. They bombed Moscow. Do I have any sons and daughters in Moscow? <laughs> but they're sons and daughters of God. <laughs> Imagine watching this thing in news. Your heart will tremble with fear. You're wondering when is our own turn? Eh? If an attack on Westgate Mall can make your heart tremble with the fear, you think the whole country is coming down. They have attacked a mall. And the Minister of Defense tells us it's the mattresses burning. You remember that story? Smoke is below. You say, hey, the mattress. <laughs> All that the father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. He says, whoever the father has given, nobody can take them out of my hands. Jesus, he said so. And I've been given to him. Who can take me out of his hand? Who can take you out of his hand? Nobody. You're saved, you're delivered, you're redeemed now and forever in Jesus' precious name. <laughs> Celebrate Jesus. And the last feast after Yom Kippur is called the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. Can we read it in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23? I have managed. It is one. I have managed. It's, a, it's a, a new record for me. Leviticus 23. And read the Feast of Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. Next. On the first day, there shall be what? A holy convocation. I said the word convocation means what? Gathering. Don't let it confuse you, eh? You shall do not customary work on it. Now, we don't stop people from working on this day. Because to them it was a day of rest. They were resting in the natural. Is that okay? Our rest is Jesus. What is our rest? Jesus. When you're in Christ, you have entered rest. So you don't need to sit at home. I'm not working. It is a holy convocation. No. Our rest is who? Jesus. So we have perpetual rest. We are not only resting on feast days. We are resting eternally. Every day for us is a day of what? Of rest. Because we are resting in the spirit. Is that okay? And whoever is not resting, the Bible says the only labor a Christian has been given is you must labor so that you can enter into rest. Once you have entered rest, relax. Go to work. Say, so you are supposed to be resting. I'm resting. That's why I'm here. 
They're here. So we don't gather before and say now, holy convocation, holy convocation. You're not supposed to work. I am saying this because there are people whom we love. We say, no, 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 no. I cannot even lift a chair today. It is my day of rest. I'm not attacking anyone. I don't know why I'm sweating because I'm saying this. You know, there are people who would come to you and say, no, you people... You don't rest. The Bible says when it is so-so day, you must do what? You must rest. And, and then there are so many uh, arguments and negotiations about it. No, 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 no. It is on this day, not other day. It is on this day. It must be this day. If it is not this day, you're all going to hell. Yeah, the Bible says, now Jesus has come. Let no one now judge you as concerns days or foods or feasts. So even if it is this day or that day, the Bible says Jesus has covered this. Let no one judge you that you are going to your own worship on Friday instead of this particular other day. Am I talking? You should not be judged concerning what you eat, which days of worship, which what, because our day of rest, our Sabbath is now not a day. It is a person. Our Sabbath is a person, not a day. So if I worship on Monday, God will listen to me. The same way he listens to anybody who goes to church on a Friday or on a Sunday. Oh, this one was made Sunday by which Roman king? I don't care. There's another king that's greater than Roman king that made every day a day of the Lord. Let no one judge you. Yes, it's Colossians. In food or in drink or regarding a festival, or a new moon, or what? Uh -huh. Especially that one. Password. Kuna watu wamebanga mabivitabu just to make you feel guilty because you don't go to church on one day. Mintaweka yangu, Wednesday, what fest? Tafanya nini? Tasema you and your Sabbath. We look. Our Sabbath is not a day. It is what? A person. His name is who? Jesus. When you entered Jesus, you entered Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. So if anybody taught you different, please unlearn and teach yourself. Those who are shadows of things to come. But the substance is now what? Christ. When you have Christ, you have the real deal. The authentic article, the real McCoy. Say here. Say ni melewa sasa. Sasa kabo na niangalia na wewe wa uniwakutoka pale. We love you. If you are born again, you are in Christ. You have entered Sabbath. Enter rest. It's a good report. A good report makes fat the bones. I expect to see plump people everywhere. The feast of what? Tabernacles. Let's go to Exodus, uh, Leviticus 23. I'm finishing.
Is Christmas, was Jesus born on 25th? No. Are you happy? He was not born on 25th, but we have Christmas on 25th. We have entered, our Sabbath is a person. Is that okay? Because every Christmas this argument comes up. You people, Jesus was not born on 25th. I can prove it. I agree with you. Don't bother. I've already agreed. But our Christmas is when? 25th. Allow us to eat. Don't judge us in food or drink. <laughs> ah. Next verse. Have I helped somebody? Hey, it's coming up. Go to Shago. Eat. Don't let anybody carry books for you that kings you wear when you're supposed to be happy. It's 37. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering, a grain offering, a sacrifice, and drink offering, and everything on his day. And anyway, I was looking for a place where he says, on the Feast of Tabernacles, you're supposed to go before the Lord with the palm, palm leaf, palm, palm, Palm leaves and celebrate when they came out of Egypt. Is that okay? This points to the book of Revelation, chapter 7 or something. It says, they sh oh, You shall take of yourselves that the first day fruit of the beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, and bow of leafy trees, and willows of brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. In the book of Revelation, say from every kindred and every nation, they gathered together and they were carrying palm leaves to rejoice that they have now escaped and they have been saved into heaven. The Feast of Tabernacles is when God will come and now live with the children of men. The Bible says there will be a new heaven and a new earth and the Lord shall come and make his tabernacle with the children of men. And there shall be no son and Christ shall be our son. Glory to Jesus. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. But today, Ross Hashanah. Every time you see my daughter Tekia Hashana, you must remember this day, Ross Hashana, where we blew the trumpet as a reminder as a warning that Christ is coming soon. So the tabernacles, the, the feasts are celebrated every year, but also the church has been going through the feasts. If you check the church periods, I can map them to the feast of salvation, when G, uh, Passover, all these kind of things. And if you check the church period now, it is now in the Feast of uh, Trumpets where we are getting ready to welcome the Lord. We are in the days, 10 days of awe before Christ comes. Even if you look at the signs around the world, all this more, where there's identity crisis, there's gender crisis, there's all kinds of things. You cannot identify yourself as male or female. You must... See, you cannot say I'm a mother. By the way, you know, in America, it's illegal to say mother or father. You say parent one and parent two. <laughs> you didn't know? Because mother denotes gender. And some people have two fathers. 
Some people are both, both, both parents are the same gender. So if you say, Father, you are, they'll go to court. Are you saying we are not parents because they are both female? Actually, yes, we are saying you are not parents. So if you go to America, you must say parent one, parent two. Parent two might even be a dog. You know these people. <laughs> Jesus, come for your people, man. <laughs> it is getting too much. You might find parent one is a person. They married a tree. Parent one and parent two. And it's legally recognized. This human right thing has gone too far. We need some dictators. Quash all those nonsense. Bring people back to God. Hallelujah. So if you're here, as you're about to blow this trumpet, which I will not blow myself, I tried. I suffered the consequences. Consequences. I think this thing, Jared Rock. Umelala. Nikiona ship yamdomoyako. I think the Lord created you for such a time as this. <laughs> you shall come and rescue us. Unajoku bloi. Who is an expert at blowing oporo? Ah? Who? Ray. Ray, come here. By overwhelming majority votes. You know how to blow that thing? Ah? Who? Remyo. Elvis. Who? Beatrice. Mickey. Whitney. Whit <laughs> the Lord has followed upon Wito. Anajua? Wito Nikweli. You will blow for us. Uh, come, come, come. So I'll have uh, people try. We are not blowing now. We are not blowing now. We'll blow at the end of the service. We'll blow when? At the end of the service. So I want you to prepare your lungs because you need lungs of power to be able to blow this thing. Come on, we're going to You'll be trying to blow, but what comes out, it blows you back. Do <laughs> I expect sound to in Atokakwa Mountain, the mountain of the Lord <laughs> is rising higher than all other mountains. But if all these feasts and all these things I'm saying doesn't apply to you if you're not born again. Kama uja ukoka, yote ni mesema, wewe ukonje. I want to pray. I want people to get born again now. Close your eyes, everybody. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for the people. I cancel and crack. I break every chain of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I remove every blindness from the eyes of the people. 
Lord, we have seen that all things you do are about Christ. Your word says, in the volume of the book is written about me. In the volume of the book is written about him. There's nothing written that is not written about Jesus. Now, Jesus died so that people might be born again. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus Christ. Get your hands of the people of God. Let my people go. I ask, Lord, your word says, ask of me, and I shall give you the nations as your inheritance. I claim my inheritance this afternoon. Give me the nations. Grant me souls. In Jesus' precious name.